Welcome into the CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, the host of... I already said that. Uh, alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. You can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, our CHGO White Sox beat writer, at Vinny Duber. Uh, in the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I am thrown off by Alex comment saying, the White Sox aren't going to lose today, which is true. It's it is show. true. Hey, you know, uh, I'll take victories, the small victories where we can. Well, there won't be a victory either, so. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. but there's no game. It's a so double-edged sword. No pain, no you know, it's just, I can't be hurt today, which is great, you know? Careful, uh, careful walking down the stairs. <laughs> White Sox oh, can't hurt you. the elevator, mm-hmm. which would be out of my routine. Maybe the elevator's going to get stuck, and I'll be stuck <laughs> here forever. Now you're, what's wrong with you? Now you're I'm giving just me saying, a panic attack. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just trying is to. My, am I going to be harmed? I'm just trying to continue to paint the picture that there's more to life than complaining about a baseball team. The White Sox <laughs> won't harm you today. I'm complain. <laughs> I'm not being bitter yet. I'm enjoying the ride. Sure. I complain about one person. Well, you can do both. Yeah. I, I complain about one person. I mean, I mean. Yeah, that's, yes, you do. That's, that's about it. Um, I guess I complain about two persons. I, I, two people. I complain about the, the guy who signed. And I guess I. It's, it's, Everybody out there, drink. Yeah. Sean brought up Benintendi. I never said go. his name. You said his name. <laughs> uh, on today's show, we aren't going to talk about that guy. Uh, he's here for five years. Uh, we are going to talk about Lucas Giolito because he's a. Unrestricted free agent uh, in 2024, uh, and not only has Bob Nightingale brought him up before as a possible player that the White Sox might sell at the trade deadline, uh, Jeff Passan also brought him up at ESPN today as a player that might be traded at the trade deadline regardless of record. So we'll talk about how long Lucas Giolito's future is here in Chicago and if they would actually sign Lucas to a long-term deal. There's been multiple extension talks. We'll get into it. Then... Main event, all right? We're saving this for uh, the B block. But, I mean, this is the true part of the show. A 15-minute exclusive interview between the two mustachioed men. And, I mean, it's not even Dylan Cease. It's, it's Jake Berger and Vinny Duber, our own Vinny Duber. So, Vinny sat down in the dugout with Jake Berger. Uh, first base side, if that's important to anybody. Third base side. Third base side. I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> your name is Vinny Duper. I do know that, and you dress up as Southpaw during the games. Um, those are the two half, things Half that of I know. that is true. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's a great interview. Uh, Jake's really bubbly. Uh, I think, you know, we've seen Scotty Pods go into media. We've seen Ozzy go into media. This guy could definitely go into media. I'd like to listen to Jake Berger talk for a while, and you'll hear him talk uh, to Vinny for a while, which is great. Uh, so thank you to uh, the White Sox and Vinny uh, and Jake for their time and getting that exclusive access. That's fantastic. And to uh, Casey as well for filming it. Uh, so we'll get into that. And then uh, Jake says something. I won't spoil it. That I think will dominate the rest of the show. And then we will go home and uh, enjoy our weekend and join you on Sunday uh, for more Chicago White Sox baseball. Let's jump into the main event, though. Uh, or not the main event. Uh, the Headline, uh, Lucas Giolito, will he be a White Sox for long? Is the trade deadline this year the end, no matter what the record is, no matter how many games back, will the trade deadline be the end of Lucas Giolito's career with the White Sox, dot, 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 for now? I mean, hey, you never know. I mean, winds blow different ways. I mean, Ethan Katz might here, be here for a long time. You know, they like each other. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, will, will he be traded at the trade deadline uh, this year, no matter the record? I do not believe so. I mean, you're not going to get equal value for Lucas Gilo. So somebody's trading for him. They're probably going to get you a minor leaguer. I know the White Sox traditionally like to, when they trade a pitcher away, like to get a pitcher or two back for that pitcher. So um, it would signal, I mean, I don't, they already are struggling to field starting pitchers right now. I mean, I know Mike Clevenger is supposed to be coming back tomorrow, but Trading Lucas Giolito, to me, would signal something that, like, no matter the record, that makes zero sense to me. Unless they can get a actual starting pitcher of his caliber, then why would you trade him? I know his contract's running up, and why would somebody trade for the same caliber pitcher that they're giving up? So, no, I don't think he'll be traded at the trade deadline. Now, will he be back next year is a different question, but you didn't ask me that, but... I don't think, no matter the record, he will be traded. That doesn't make sense at all to me. Yeah, I mean, what jumps out about your question there is that 
that line, no matter the record. I mean, they could be in first place at the trade at the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Might not seem super likely right now, but uh, they are only seven games back. And Rick Hahn just talked on Monday about them not being able to make a decision on Memorial Day because of the situation in the AL Central. Well, three games later, and the situation have, hasn't really changed. They're seven games back. They're 12 games under. It's basically, uh, you know, kind of the, the same they were at. So I can't imagine that just three games against the Angels here in, in at the end of May made a huge difference in their ability to make that decision soon. Um so, yeah, if they're in a position where they are technically contending for a division title, why would you trade the guy who's been your best pitcher? That doesn't really seem to make much sense. Um, but when you're talking about the, the flip side of that coin, right, the, the, the next month, month and a half progress, and the White Sox aren't close to contending, there aren't, they aren't going to be in uh, contention for that division title, usually that's when a team becomes a seller and – Lucas Giolito, because of his contract situation, would be among those candidates that you would talk about that could be heading uh, to another team. But I don't think we're there yet. And so I understand that this is uh, the the point of conversation right now because the White Sox are, and their record is what it is. Uh, but I, I think that Rick Hahn saying that they haven't made a decision yet means that it, th- those conversations can't really yield a definitive answer yet for that very reason. Yeah, and I understand that, but what Jeff brings up, and this is something that we've kind of talked about even before this article, we've obviously even talked about when Bob wrote this back in April, uh, that Lucas might be traded no matter the record, um, and that was when they were losing, right? I mean, even Rick said, you know, it's it's hard not to have a better uh, month than what you did in April, uh, but what Jeff wrote today was about Jerry Reinsdorf, and we know that that's never changed, you know, at least for 40 years. Uh, he's been the owner. Uh, And people around baseball don't believe, and this is from Jeff Passon today from ESPN.com, don't believe owner Jerry Reinsdorf, the master of transactional half measures, is particularly Mm -hmm. inclined to blow things up. So maybe it's Giolito and Lance Lynn and possibly even Liam Hendricks. Uh, But the quote about Lucas is, uh, regardless of whether they claw their way back into AL Central contention. So that's why I bring it up. And, And I mean... Well, the you, difference between Giolito and those other two names that you mentioned are that they, the White Sox have contract options on mm-hmm. those two guys. I, I, there's a much broader you know, conversation to be had about the direction they go. The answer that I say that I just gave you about Lucas is probably the same that I would give you about that. What has changed between Monday and now? Nothing. So they haven't really made a decision on where, whether they're, where they're going to go yet. Um, That's but true, but also if, what, 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 what does Rick Hahn gain by saying, oh, we're trading, we're going to trade Lucas Giolito well, to Well, sure, but he's, but that's press. also true. The, the division is within reach. That's true. Absolutely. No, I'm not, I'm they not could saying go, they not, go, yes. They go on a four-game winning streak, a five-game winning streak. They don't even have to, you know, rattle off 12 in a row. They go on a meager winning streak, and the, the, the gap between them and first place is, is not very big. So that's just math right there. Um, but to that point, there is that whole – if, if he's going to leave, do you get something for him before he leaves kind of thing? Again, though, I think the main driver of that is can they make the playoffs? Making the playoffs would be, given what April was, making the playoffs yeah. would be a, a big deal for them, and Lucas Giolito could help you do that. Presumably, if you're in the position where you could make the playoffs, he has helped you to that point, so getting rid of him doesn't really make any sense. I'll bring up one more national name since you're citing Jeff and Bob. Ken Rosenthal today in The Athletic talking about kind of the starting pitching market in general and what it might look like at the trade deadline. Uh, he, he, he brought up Lucas Giolito's name, and we watching the White Sox have seen that Lucas Giolito has been the White Sox's best pitcher. Doesn't mean he's been one of the better pitchers in baseball, and that ERA plus that he has is just over league average. I mean, so it's not necessarily – he's not going to be kind of this guy that brings you back this super haul – in comparison to some of the other names that might be available. And maybe you don't need a super haul, though, but what you've brought up recently in a piece, and I don't think it's changed too much, they are still seven games back. And, I mean, what, they have the third worst record in baseball, right? I mean, if they were a National League team, they'd be the worst team in baseball. Well, they'd be the worst team in the National League. Worst team in the National League. Thank you. Um, Because the Royals and A's still exist. Uh, But, I mean, that kind of gives them an advantage, no? Because the... Playoffs are expanded. I understand bad divisions exist. I mean, the AL Central obviously exists. You're probably not going to trade to anybody in the division. 
for Lucas Giolito, even though he is an unrestricted free agent. Um, but even the NL Central exists. I mean, the Brewers are pitching Julio Tehran. They can go get Lucas Giolito. I mean, we've seen them go get Zach Granke and CeCe Sabathia just for the end of the year and said, bye-bye, we can't afford you. I mean, that, that might be a possibility if they do want to contend. So I'm just saying the White Sox are bad right now, and that's what we were kind of talking about yesterday. I know you said we don't really want to repeat the mistakes of last year, kind of, you know, saying, oh, will they, won't they? Um, Steven, do you have the graphic about uh, that Adrian made? Uh, you can go follow Adrian on Twitter, at uh, Sox Twitter. It's uh, T. W I T T E or T W I T T three R. Uh, sorry, it's okay, Stephen. Don't worry. Uh, just flash. You're good. You, that oh, you that graphic is the the right one. I'm yeah, sorry. You You're up. good. I'm, I was just giving credit to Adrian who made the graphic. Um, this is the person. I didn't make this graphic. Adrian made this graphic on Twitter, so you can go follow Adrian on Twitter uh, there. But this is completely different, and we kind of were surprised that the White Sox even had a 4.3 percent chance to win the AL Central as of yesterday. Um, but as you can see, I mean, like, at the start of the year, I mean, they were above 25%. And after that 10-game losing streak, that put them a little bit below where they currently are, but not by much, maybe a percentage uh, difference or so. Like, this is kind of what they are. And even when M- NBC Sports Chicago was flashing uh, the worst record in baseball history to win a division, it's like, that's what we're hoping for? Is like you know they might get to eighty two and eighty. They it's might where they be, are right, but they <laughs> might be one win better than what they were last year. I think it's yeah. fair enough that we could say we we aren't seeing it. So why not go and get something for Lucas? I understand. Hey, let's go compete. But I, I, I mean, you can get something, and you are one of the only people that have at least a fourth or fifth starter available for the many contenders that are out there, and you are a bad baseball team. You're 23 and 35. Yeah, and you're talking about maybe they wouldn't trade in division. Tomorrow the White Sox are going to host the Tigers. They're putting up some guy I've never heard of in my life that has a 6 ERA in the minor leagues because of necessity. That is a trade partner that I could see the White Sox in division since it's only a three-month or two-month rental trading Lucas G. Leo to. Yeah, if they think that... What Lucas and his representatives and what he, they project Lucas is going to ask for in their offseason is way too high for what they want Lucas for. Yeah, I would entertain that, but also it's just going to be very hard for them to get any type of value back for Lucas. If you're just doing it to get a warm body in, do it. But as Vinny said, he's a little above a league average of like a four-plus ERA, He's good, not great. He's not going to bring in. No one's going to be checking for Lucas. It's like, man, I need Lucas Giolito as my fourth or fifth starter because that's what he is going to be on somebody else's squad, pretty much a third, fourth, or fifth starter. He's not going to be the top of rotation guy, so they're not going to give you a top-notch prospect coming back or even a major league guy coming back that you could actually use. So, yeah, if you're going to do it just to get a warm body instead of just losing Lucas for nothing, do it, but I don't think he's going to get you this insane haul or even a good haul coming back for a two-month rental. But with Davis Martin having Tommy John, mm-hmm. we're not really sure what Mike Clevenger's going to be with this full season. I mean, right now he's injured. He's possible to return tomorrow, so we'll see uh, more of his pitching. Um, but it's not for sure that he's going to be on the team in 2024. And Lance, as you said, he's got an $18 million option, the $1 million buyout. I mean, it is for sure and certain, or it's possible, that Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech are the only healthy major league level starters. So I understand you... That are under contract. That are under contract, because right. right. Davis Martin is injured. He's got, Correct. you know, just had Tommy John. So, I mean, he, he would, would not be ready. be ready for the start of next year, you would imagine. Right? So yeah. you need warm bodies. Yeah. I mean, this this isn't the cream of the crop. This isn't a contender. They're 23 and 35. Yeah, but I'm saying like that I'm warm body wouldn't be a starting pitcher. Even if it was, contract. even if it was, it wouldn't be great starting pitchers. You can get a quad. The, the White Sox don't have a quad A guy. I mean, that's uh, the thing is, I mean, maybe it's Jesse Schultons, but like Davis Martin was that quad A guy. They don't have any depth. If they're able to get like two quad A guys or maybe a quad A guy and a triple A guy, that's depth. I'm, I mean, you're, you're shaking I your head, but it. like no. that's just. I would rather go good. the full season with Lucas and take my chances and re-signing him than getting people I know are not going to be starting pitcher, major league starting pitcher level next year. So it, it makes no sense unless somebody in the division or in around the league is like giving you a prospect that you can't believe, which is not going to happen. 
I don't believe that's going to happen. Well, do you believe that the White Sox will be in the market to sign Lucas Giolito in 2024? At least, uh, you know, throwing out that Dylan and Michael Kopech are, you know, the guys that are under contract for next year without any options because uh, Lance, it's possible that he could return for $18 million if they pick that option up. Uh, I even discussed with Steven, maybe they uh, buy him out at $1 million and are still in the market. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not crazy that, you know, they say, all right, Lance, go test the market and, you know, maybe we bring you back for $10 million, so instead of paying you $8 million, we're paying you 11 or whatever, right? Uh, you take a pay cut uh, if you can't find a, a better contract somewhere else. Um, but there's the rumor that... Lucas turned down a $50 million 40, four year extension. Um, I mean, would the White Sox be in that market? We just saw them make a play for Andrew Benatendi for $75 million. I mean, would they continue to try to keep this rebuild going? Because Luis Roberts still here. I mean, I brought up the Mike Trout comparison. You have a center fielder that's worth nine war. I mean, that's one of the most important positions in all of baseball. So is it that crazy to say, you know, we're not going to be in the market to bring Lucas Giolito back in 2024? They should be in the market. They should be in the market for every starting pitcher. They, they're going to need, they're going to need in the scenario that you described, two to three starting pitchers. Um, now they've got an option on Clevenger. I suppose you have to talk about the possibility that he could be back, but you that wouldn't figure to be the most likely thing to happen. But um, they need pitching. Davis Martin's not going to be ready for the start of next season. Who's going to pitch these games? They need to go out and sign two or three starting pitchers. And again, we don't know what direction this team is going to end up going yet. Because it, it, and, and it's very possible that they could go in one of four, five, six different directions. But what we do know is that Cease and Kopech aren't going to pitch every game next year. <laughs> so they're going to need to go out and get somebody to fill these in. And if they're looking to compete, if they're looking to, if they're looking to, to win games next year, Giolito is one of the available figures to be one of the available starting pitchers, so they should be in the market for all all of those. And my point, <laughs> I guess, is and uh, like you can go trade him now if you want to pay him next year. You can go trade him now and say, hey, you know, we'll be in your market next year. But instead of going and signing two to three players in the off season, you could just go trade for two to three guys. And I mean, again, like it's 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 warm bodies that I think this team's looking for. But now, but now, like, but you're I mean, like this is why I guess the national guys were reporting this. No, you're describing a situation in which this team is not trying to compete next year, right? That's what that's what you're doing. You're saying trade Lucas Giolito for two guys who might not even make the team under normal circum under other under other circumstances because they need starting pitchers to pitch innings. And if that's the case, that's not a competitive starting rotation. Nope. Well, yes. well Vinny, nope. looking at some of the options available Bad. and what the White Sox have done historically, <laughs> I, I got a little game for us to play here. It's called Laughable or Plausible. Don't and I got, a list of pl- I, got a, I got a list of players <laughs> wow. here that are going to be free agents. A couple have a player option. Okay. And that we're going to go through good. this list right now. We're going to see how plausible or laughable it is that the, the White Sox actually sign one of these players. So do this quick. All right, Marcus Strollin. Right? No, no. no, no, I'm just saying, like, so you're saying yeah. just with all these names, just, you know. Yeah, quick, rapid just, fire. Okay. Strollin, any chance? He He's seems to like being a Cub. Laughable. Laughable. Very laughable. Julio Rios. No. Laughable. laughable. Yeah. What? He's a lefty. We're going to need some lefties at some point, right? Yeah, he's top of the market lefty, too. Correct. Yeah, not happening. Hyunjin Ryu? Maybe. Plausible because he's injured. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And he's a little older, too. That seems to be their style, right? Noah Syndergaard. 100% plausible. Maybe. And there were some rumors they might have already had interest in him before. Aaron Nola. Laughable. I would love it, but I agree with you. Laughable. Sonny Gray. No. I think laughable. laughable. Not hunting in the division, huh? Blake is it, Snell. Isn't his ERA under two? Yeah, he's like yeah, having a him. Cy Young kind of season. <laughs> Blake Snell is, I think, very plausible. Why? He, was, he used to be great. He's <laughs> fine last year. This year, not as much. He's so, walking everybody yeah, right now. Yeah, so that's, that's perfect. perfect. For the White Sox. We can regain his form type of stuff. He can go back to being uh, all-star type of stuff. That's the press conference. I can hear it already. Frankie Montas? He's hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah, so plausible. Yeah. That's Once again, <laughs> that's our type. We got that. Kente Maeda. Hurt, so plausible. Now, once again, we're looking inside the division here. Jack Flaherty. Plausible. Be- old teammate. Because of the pitching coach. Yeah, you think yeah. that's. Maybe there's some tie there. I mean, Tyler Maley? Oh, but like. Lucas has a connection with Ethan Katz. And everybody else on the so White Sox. I, right, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, but, like, I mean, <laughs> if you're available. bringing up Jack Flaherty and his connection to Ethan Katz, like, I mean, like, is it, isn't that the reason why Ethan Katz is the pissing, pitching coach? 
Yeah, it, it, it was that is time. Lucas's Lucas. connection. Oh well, he vouched for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Luke uh, Ethan yeah. did great work in San Francisco. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to discredit right. anything else, but like, I mean, I feel like it's odd to see that that split. Like, I guess that's why it's just. But again, I, I like. It's I think the, here's the out thing. of all of these, I think the most plausible would would be the White Sox just trying to continue this relationship with Lucas. And I mean, we even see last year um, when it comes to arbitration, they're they're arguing over a, a certain dollar amount. Um, and, and Lucas is talking to the media in spring training about that. And it's just like, you know, I, I wonder about the relationship of getting a contract done. And I, I wonder about the serious of the White Sox paying anyone who isn't injured or bad money to pitch for them. Lucas and the vast majority of other players in Major League Baseball want to go to free agency. Yes. They have earned the right putting in their time to go to free agency. And it usually works out quite well for them. You know, top-tier guy, mid-tier guy, whatever. Usually you get a nice raise going to free agency because free agent contracts really only go up. They don't go down. So uh, Lucas deserves to go to free agency. He should see what every team wants to give him. And if the White Sox say, you know what, last few years, we really liked what you did. We liked you in the clubhouse. We liked you on the field. We think you can be that ace of our staff. We're going to go ahead and give you the biggest contract offer of any team out there. Then he'll come back to the, to the White Sox. But this is a guy who, uh, you know, interested in the, in the union and the business side of the game. Yep. I, the, he, he has every right to go and get the most money that he can go get. And that's probably what's going to happen. I, should the White Sox be in the market for any of these guys and all of these guys? Yeah, they should. But we'll see what happens. Is there anybody else, Stephen, that it, I, I don't want to uh, Andrew Heaney is a There's a couple name. interesting names. Oh. Like Eduardo Rodriguez, Lefties. he has an opt-out in his, his deal. And Andrew Heaney, same thing, lefty. I, but they, he, are, at some point, this lineup needs, or the starting rotation needs some balance. It's just righties. Why? They want guys who throw hard. They had Dallas Keuchel, and they DFA'd him. All Steven. right. Vinny wants Dallas bad. Keuchel back. I mean, uh, <laughs> you heard it here we, first. We do have some uh, super chats. Thank you very much. Uh, let's get to them, and then I'll, I'll ask him to hurt. Because um, I think that's why people are super chats. There was one rating I saw. I was looking up some ratings of our podcast. Uh, someone gave us a two star and said Herb needs his own podcast. No, so, I don't. Oh, that's a sidecast, yeah. if you will. I like the. Um, I mean, that's symmetry of C H G O H E R B. No, C H G O. You don't want nonsense for twenty four hours. That'll be bad. Um, twenty four hours. You'd be on all day. I mean, I got to do this out. show, and when then I got to do my own show. Sh- apparently, when you shower her. In the, in the, hours. In the two damn. The two damn stars, too. Come on, man. Um, That's disrespectful. Husky Bardo saying, uh, will they give him the qualifying offer? They didn't with Rodon. Uh, I think it's about $20 million. Uh, Would they give him the qualifying offer? I think so. I think they've learned their lesson. And his free agent market seems to be in that range. So you're saying... Let him pitch for us for the entire year. Yeah. We'll qualifying offer yeah. him. And if you know it comes to that and he accepts it, boom. Boom. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. A one-year deal. Maybe you can work out a, a contract extension out of that. I mean, that's what they did with the Jose Abreu, I think. Um, but, yeah, give him a qualifying offer because, as Vinny says, there's going to be 29 other teams checking in. I don't know if 29 other teams are going to be giving offers, but Lucas is a major league starting pitcher, and some might see him as Former a middle, middle rotation pitcher, or some might see him regaining form. We get him in our lab. We get him in our ballpark, blah, blah, blah. He can thrive type of stuff. So very interesting that you bring that up. So can we flash the Lucas stats for 2023? Um, obviously, we've brought this up. Uh, UFA, unrestricted free agent in 2024. Um, he's tied for 15th in uh, innings pitch so far in 2023 for qualified uh, starters. Um, so tied for 15th at 68 and a third innings pitched. Uh, tied for 42nd. In ERA at 4.08, uh, he is 37th in Sierra. That is uh, skill independent ERA or Scrabble numbers to Vinny uh, at 4.16. Uh, an F4 of 0.9, tied for 42nd in the league, and a uh, you used ERA plus earlier. That's at 107, um, which is a little bit above average, or 96 uh, for ERA minus, which is kind of like golf score. You know, you want the lowest score possible. What is what is the difference? Just reverse. Just just dumb. Why people I just I, make I it up number? <laughs> I don't know. And honestly, I use Fangraphs to make this, and they use ERA minus. ERA and, minus. Yeah, and 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 Baseball Reference uses ERA plus. Yeah, some guys like, oh god damn, that dude just made ERA minus or plus. I gotta make ERA minus or Sierra um, or Will, Will Bacon. But I mean, he's he's a top fifty pitcher. I mean, like I get like the scoff at it, but like. You talk about the people needing. I mean, we talked about Lance Lynn not being DFA'd, even if he's bad, because the White Sox need people to eat innings. I mean, 
even to get to the playoffs, you need somebody to eat innings. No, I mean, I just feel like I'm crazy. You're not that trading for an innings eater, though. You, tr- you know, listen. But he, like, I mean, the White would. Help, I mean, the Cardinals traded for Jordan Montgomery. That's not. I mean, Lucas Giolito would be helpful to a team in the playoff race. That's easy to say. Yeah. I don't think anyone's arguing that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I just think there's. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to trade him, no matter their place in the division. That could be the one piece that they trade because, again, the division is bad, and if they get a guy, they could, you know not lose out on him walking in 2024, which seems very likely. Um, I mean, we just saw the Cub sign Jamison Tyone yep. to a $68 million deal. I thought it was That's right. an over, an AAV over the qualifying offer, and you're giving that player three more years of security, and he has a career war of 14. I just told Steven that Lucas has a career war of 13.1. I don't think Lucas is that much better than Jamison Tyone, and I do think that he put himself into a spot where you see those numbers. He is probably appealing to. I mean, the Royals willingly paid Jordan Lyles to pitch for them. They had like, to have I, somebody. I, I think that twenty million dollars for a team, maybe even like the Mets, because like Verlander and Scherzer, one of those guys is a UFA. Yeah, Scherzer. Like I mean, I didn't the, put him on the list because we're not going to be in there. The, we're not going to joke like the that. The Mets pay everybody. I mean, hey, come pitch twenty million dollars for us. The team that we just saw, everyone's saying, "Oh, Lucas Giolito's bound to be an angel." They pay everybody. If they pay Shohei Otani, they're going to need more players to pitch for them. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, get something for the guy before he walks. And we just saw that Tyon got a, a more appealing deal than the qualifying but offer. But also, they could offer Lucas the best deal. That that could be the thing. They could actually be proactive and say we actually do like you and shop around do your thing but also come back to us before you go and sign that deal because we want to match that offer or something like that or offer him initially the biggest deal because they still i believe have uh, exclusive uh negotiating rights for like a week before he turns into a free agent and everybody has negotiating rights so i would say to him or if they really want him they can offer him a deal that's better than everybody else's deal. If they, but getting him, get him off the team, and then bringing something just to have something, I think is foolhardy. It's just to get warm bodies in. It's not to get actual talent in. Yeah, yeah nobody's but, ever like, oh boy, we're gonna okay. win the division because we got warm bodies. But but also <laughs> like, why why do you have to get warm bodies? I mean, teams overlook what they have in house all the time. The Giants willingly let go Groot Santos. But so this I'm is just, the thing, but, though. But I'm like, just saying, like, if Ethan Katz is a is a a, a, a good to great pitching coach, he could see a, a warm body that you know, hey, we could tweak something. I mean, they like high-velocity guys, and if they're able to, you know, I mean, they, Carlos Rodon was nothing. I mean, he just got $168 million. He's pitched an inning for the Yankees. So I'm just saying, like, I mean, they, they were able to transform that player. Groot Santos couldn't throw a strike. They've been able to transform that player so far. Keenan Middleton, where the hell does he come from? I'm just saying, like, if, but, uh, if the White Sox and Ethan Katz are able to see something in a major league or quad A level player that they can turn in. I mean, Davis Martin, where the hell did he come from? All I'm just saying, it's just like, it's not crazy that they could have, I don't know, a logical thought. They and you are putting way too much in the Ethan Katz basket. Yes. And why is he, why, why hire him? He's why, good. Why is he the pitching coach? He's good, but the staff has not been good this year, so it's got to be a reflection on him, right? When it was good, we were like, man, this Ethan Katz is the shit. When it's bad, we got to say, hey, man. Okay, but I just gave you options. I just gave you examples of Groot Santos and Keenan Middleton. It's not all bad. Oh, it's not all bad. I mean, it it seems like it's more Dylan Cease not executing his pitches. Mm -hmm. I mean, his guy, Lucas Giolito, those weren't his numbers. He wasn't that good last year. Lance Lynn seems to be old. I mean, that's not Ethan Katz's fault. People age. I'm just saying. He's not father time. You can't do both. You can't give credit for Keenan Middleton and then not give him a little shit for what Lance Lynn is. He's yeah, the pitch coach for I, all I'm, of those I'm, guys. But I never said he – I'm, I'm, I'm saying if he's worth his salt, you should be able to go find something. That's all I'm saying. I never said he was good, great. I, I said that – No, you know, I'm just saying you like you're not balancing the go- scales correctly. No, I'm, I'm saying that if you, the White Sox, think that he's worth his salt and you think he's a good to great pitching coach, he should be able to find something, period, because he's been able to find something in those examples. I'm not saying that the White Sox are good or anything. This is like people with Ben Attendee saying, like, oh, you Drake. know, he's, he's not the issue. It's like I never said they are. They're all below average. They're 23 and 35. No, I wasn't. They should sell everything. I get what and you're if, saying, At least Sean. Giolito, if he's walking out the door no matter what, they're not paying him $60 million. 
get something for them because, hey, it could be a boat. It could be a pile of shit. I disagree. Who knows? I disagree. I disagree vehemently because that's okay. just that's because it's, it's just a it's just we're not going to sign him. It, it And that type of thinking also is bad because you're firstly giving up on this year. Because if you're giving up your best pitcher, there's going to be no hope with the bad he's team they already have. There is, he's by far their best starting pitcher this year. It's not even close this year. I, I'm and not trading Dylan Cease for a reason. I'm not trading him, but he hasn't performed as well as uh, Lucas Giolito has. But, and then also you're telling the rest of your, you're telling your team, hey, we're going to the next year with two guys signed in our, for a contract. We're just going to get some warm bodies in here because we have only two guys signed to a contract next year because of our bad planning. So we're just going to get some quad A guys, some triple A guys that might have potential, and say, Ethan, go and do damage. Instead of, hey, we have a lot of money now. Like, these contracts have been run up. Let's go and look at Jordan Montgomery. Let's go and look at uh, any Martin Perez, these guys, and bring them in. If you're going to do that, I would just have Ethan catch his – I mean, uh, Lucas Gilo finish the season off, off from the qualifying offer. If he rejects it, at least you get – some compensation for that, but just that would be your warm body that you want. That would be the compensation that you would want for Lucas Giolito, I think would actually be a better compensation than the trade to any team for their whatever players. We'll see. All right, let's get to the uh, final Super Chats, then we'll get to the ad break, and then we'll get into the uh, main event of Vinny having a much more uh, chill uh, talk with Jake Berger. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, I didn't mean to go dark side, uh, Husky Bardo, but I uh, appreciate the support. Um Eli saying, uh, "Would Jer- what would uh, upset Jerry enough to do another rebuild? Um, or, and will they get Theo Epstein to do another rebuild? Uh, thank you, um, Ellie, for the Super Chats. Um, watching all the way over in Israel. Um, I'm going to say no to Theo Epstein. Um, just because, again, like, you know, you're talking about warm bodies. I'm saying warm bodies with a plan. If, mm-hmm. you're, if Rick Hahn's running the show, I think we're getting warm bodies. I guess that's the... My main issue is, you know, who's running the show. And I guess the plan could be better uh, if you are trading Lucas Giolito. But, uh, no, I don't think Theo Epstein will be doing another rebuild. And uh, I think Jerry's got his plans elsewhere with this team. And Theo Epstein's much higher than the White Sox. He'll be probably in the con- in the conversation for next MLB commissioner. He's making all, all the rules that you're seeing. Theo Epstein had a, how to pardon these. So he's bigger than the White Sox. He's a Hall of Fame baseball person. He is. He took two teams to the World Series. Pretty good. Two fledgling teams that hadn't won a World Series in 80-plus years. He's a Hall of Famer. He's not coming to White Sox. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, you're, he's, you hit it right on the head there, Herb. Mm-hmm. He's, he's probably got bigger things. Uh, coming down the road, then, and you say bigger than the White Sox, he's bigger than any team. Yes, he's bigger than any one team right yeah. now. He will probably be uh, thinking about all thirty mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's take a break here, and then we'll get to uh, Vinny's at, uh, great interview with uh, Jake Berger in the third base dugout. Um, I don't know why I thought first base. I feel very You're thinking that's the other team's dugout. I mean, yes. White Sox. I mean, always have the same dugout. Or Cleveland, they do. You, you think I'd learn how many times I've been there uh, <laughs> since uh, Herb and I are diehard fans. Uh, I'm a Dice Sox white fan. Yeah, literally. And I'm saying, hey, they're playing in a first base dugout. Um, <laughs> we have podcasts and live shows on every team every single day. And my favorite part about this company, CHGO, is we have a beat writer on every single beat for each team. And Tim. Him. That's why he's at every White Sox home game, uh, just like Southpaw. Just saying it's interesting. Um, but he is not only covering the team uh, ferociously for you. I'm assuming you're going to be at most of the games this weekend. Or so, I mean, uh, I'll be there on Sunday. Yeah, I'll be there yeah. on Sunday. Um, and, and he's he's always there. Um, that's that's the fun part about Vinny. Um, was there on Monday covering Rakan, talking to the media. Was there for Liam Hendricks' return um, as well, and writing. You know. I mean, seven to eight-minute reads for free on allchgo.com. And if you want to support what we're doing here, you can become an official member, a diehard member of us here at All CHGO. When you sign up, you get a free shirt when you become a member, and you get access to the members-only Discord where our guy uh, Ellie hangs out, and he also was hanging out with us with the happy hour as well for our diehards. Uh, Same for Husky Bardo. He's always hanging out. Um, 
my bad for no mailbag Monday. I, I just it wasn't Monday, but uh, usually we have the mailbag Monday uh, part two where we you can have one on Monday for the show. I was walking around the concourse at the rate yesterday, and I was stopped by one of our viewers, yeah. Brendan. Shout out oh, to yeah. Brendan for stopping and saying hi. Probably. And he's saying that he's he's uh, Brendan. He's I don't he's, think Brendan. Oh, not Brendan. Oh, he was consider he's considering uh, going going to the diehard level. So oh, maybe. If, Bre- if it's good enough for Brendan, it's good enough for you guys. Let's go, Brendan. Uh, <laughs> all right. But uh, check out allchi.com, and you could become a diehard there. And also, too, you get um, discounts when we do tailgates. Uh, so, too. Bears uh, games. Oh, man. Yep, uh, like Bears Packers have already been announced for uh, week one uh, for a tailgate there. So, very, very excited. Um, and I know we've already done one for the White Sox last year, and uh, hopefully that's in the plans uh, for later this year because, I mean, there's still baseball and June, July, August, September for the White Sox to be less than seven games back in first place. There's one. Uh, there's some for October too. What you got on your forehead, Herb? I got some Shady Rays. Look at that. Uh, take on the sun with Shady. gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather head with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. I'm very clumsy. I have sat on my Shady Rays. Uh, they have durable frames, so they're not broken. Uh, I, I still use them each and every single day. But also, hey, oh, Vinny's got them on, too. Yep. I'm so blind. I'm, I'm so engulfed in the read. And Vinny's got them on. He's got his white. Herb's got them on. Usually he has his white-rimmed glasses. This one, he's got this, like, amber color. Stylish. They're like wood. It's like a wood grain yeah. type situation. I like that. Yeah. It's very fun. Oh, yeah. Um. But, I mean, hey, I, I lose shit all the time. And uh, here's Shady Rays, lost and broken replacements. They're not going to ask any questions. Together with their customers, too, they are providing much support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets to pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoors adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now for uh, for now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself with these shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Um, let's jump in to Vinny's exclusive interview with Jake Berger. A lot to touch on, uh, not only about Jake and his rise to the White Sox originally, but also, you know, the news of, hey, you're not making the team in 2023. He discusses uh, Sh- uh, Sugar. Sugar. Doesn't really roll off the tongue. Um, his walk-up music. Beats would be much better, you would think, but yeah. Beats would be better. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot more. It's 15 minutes long. It's great. Shout out to Vinny for interviewing Jake Berger, for getting the interview. Shout out to Jake for doing it. Uh, White Sox Media Relations as well for uh, allowing us to do this in the third base dugout and Casey for uh, helping film it. So here here is Jake Berger and Vinny Duber. All right, two mustachioed men sitting here on the south side. I'm Vinny Duber and this is Jake Berger on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Jake, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So we're going to get this one out of the way first. What's the best burger that you've ever had? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to, you know, please uh, my family here. My dad makes a uh, really good smash burger. So, um, you know, I'm going to have to give him the credit. But, uh, you know, it's tough to uh, tough to pick a restaurant that uh, has the best one. The uh, The Buffalo Owl Wings one is really, really good. So. You're going with beat-ups. Yeah, it's actually good. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're known for the wings, but it's uh, it's pretty solid. Okay, okay. Uh, that is not what I expected. I was expecting like a nice, you know, neighborhood joint in St. Louis, maybe <laughs> something like that. But but okay, okay, beat-ups it is. There's an endorsement deal maybe on the horizon. So, uh Jake, you're having some some success this year at the plate, and when you look up and, and maybe think back a little bit, what does it mean to be doing this right now after what you've gone through as a pro ball player with with the injuries earlier in your career? Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting journey to say the least, um, and you know I think this year it's uh, I felt like I made some strides this off season coming into this year, and um, you know just kind of controlling um, what I can control and um, slowing down the game a little bit, so. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been awesome so far, and, uh, you know, I just got to keep it going. What did you learn from those injuries? I know you've been 
open about you know what was going on maybe in your head during that time what did you think you learned about not necessarily just your life as a baseball player but just life in general during that time yeah I mean you you learn a lot about yourself uh when you're going through something like that and um you know I battled some uh depression and anxiety and um you know it's you learn a lot about yourself and uh, how you carry yourself. And, um, you know, my parents always said, don't live with regrets. And, um, you know, that's what I try and do every single day. You know, I, I translate that to out here on the field. You know, I know what it's like to have the game taken from me and not being able to play it. So I, I try and attack each day, um, you know, with, with no regrets and work as hard as I can. And, uh, the results take care of themselves. You've been very public about about you know talking about mental health and that kind of thing, whether it's been through social media or whether it's been an interaction in person with with someone who's come up to you. What has the feedback been like on that? Yeah, I think I tweeted out what I'd been dealing with. Um, I think it was in March of 2020, um, and you know I just said, hey, if, if anybody's out there um, that's struggling, you know, don't don't hesitate to reach out to me and. Um, you know, the feedback was unbelievable. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling or uh, have a family member or friend that's struggling. And, um, you know, it's it, when you start talking about it and um, kind of get the stigma out of it, um, you know, people open up and kind of tell their story. And, you know, I, there's not one person that I walk by on the street that, um, you know, I'm not going to treat with respect because you never know what they're dealing with. Baseball seems to be experiencing more of that, more of that openness in talking about this stuff. We've even seen guys, you know, go on the IL for, for some of this stuff. What about baseball? Maybe it makes that easier for, for folks to talk about or, 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 or to, to confront. And also, too, what have some of your conversations been like with, with guys around the game in this regard? Yeah, I mean, for me, opening up, you know, I felt like I had a – a good platform, uh, you know, to, to kind of get my, my story out there and, um, you know, try and make people realize, like, we're human too and we're going to deal with uh, the same stuff as everybody else. Um, and, you know, I think that that's really important to talk about. And then, you know, around the game, it's a lot of people deal with it. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys in there that have dealt with injuries. And, um, you know, when when you have the game taken from you, you know, you, you you do go, um, you know, in, into a darker place just because that, that's what you've done your entire life, right? And so you, you want to try and get something um, off the field, a hobby or something that you can, uh, you know, find passion in because um, when this game's taken away from you, 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 uh, you kind of lose sight of yourself. Let's change gears a little bit and, and talk about Sugar. Uh, you guys had a plan to be some sort of two-headed monster here at the plate. Um, obviously, you've both gotten some opportunities this year to, to get extended run, but what's your friendship like with Gavin? <laughs> I always say he's like my little brother. Um, I'm 13 days older than him. So, um, no, he, he's awesome. You know, I, I still remember when we both got drafted, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember who slid into whose DMs, but, uh, you know, from then it was kind of like an instant friendship and, um, you know, just – we, I think we really find each other like brothers. You know, I think that's that's kind of how we view each other. And, um, you know, we're always super jacked up for each other all the time. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's a really special uh, friendship. And it's, it's really special to be able to play with them every day. There was one game where we came in and talked to you both homered or something like that and so we were doing the interviews side by side and we're talking to him and you're ripping him the whole time we're talking to you he's ripping you the whole time is that is that kind of an example of what you're talking about of course your lockers being so close to each other probably helps yeah yeah we're, we gotta thank uh, rob warren for putting us uh so close together in the locker room but yeah no i mean that's that's every day um if we get outside our routine a little bit we'll hold each other accountable and be like hey like come on, man, like, we got the hot tub right now, let's go. Um, you know, it's we, we're always kind of bouncing that uh, those ideas off each other with our routine and, you know, whether it's an approach at the plate. And um, obviously they're different because it's a lefty versus a righty uh, batter, but, you know, I think uh, we're really good at communicating uh, what, what we're doing on the field but also uh, razzing each other off the field. Who looks better in the home run celebration outfit? I, I got to get it to myself, you know. Um, I I think uh, for me, it's like I, I put that on. I feel like uh, Superman or something. Uh, you know, when Gavin puts it on, he, he kind of looks like. Uh, I, I guess I'll say I look like Batman, and he looks like Robin um, in that in that scenario. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, have you seen the Hamburglar comparisons online? Yeah, my wife uh, sends me them all the time. So um, you know, I, I got to thank her for that. And uh, you know, she she keeps me humble too. So <laughs> so Elvis came up with this. Mm -hmm. Have you had to explain to Elvis who the Hamburglar is? No, no, no. He knows, and uh, it's kind of sticking in the clubhouse, which uh, you know I don't fully appreciate. But you know, I'll, I'll wear it. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, another another little off the wall thing here. I want you to know that you have by far the best walk up song on the on the team. Is it because you're in Chicago? You picked a Chicago band. Are you just a big Smashing Pumpkins fan, or is it that despite all your rage, you're still just a rat in a cage? I'm gonna say it's all three. Okay. Yeah, I really like. I actually really analyze what I'm gonna use as a walk up song, and um, for me, like lyrics have always spoken to me. Um, you know, I've always really looked into the lyrics of, of every song I listen to, and um, you know, I I really like. Uh, like the lyrics and, and that and then the smashing pumpkins i mean i've i've always really enjoyed them and um you know just the, their sounds just so unique um so and then obviously chicago so yeah it's it it's a perfect trifecta right <laughs> you hit you hit the tic-tac-toe right there i think <laughs> uh going back to the spring you were talking about some of the the changes you were able to make this offseason the mindset you approached the spring with but you didn't make the opening day roster. Pedro has talked numerous times about how that was a very difficult conversation for him to have with you. What what went through your mind back then when you when you find you weren't making the team uh, initially uh, after after a pretty good spring? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it was a disappointing conversation for me too. But um, you know, I kind of took it as a as a positive. Um, you know, I get to play every single day, and um, you know, just keep keep developing myself. Um, you know, it's it's hard not to uh, realize, and I have to remind myself sometimes, like. Missed three years of baseball, you know, and so um, there's still there's still a lot of learning I have to do, and um, you know I think uh, I always try and spin stuff like that. Um, that you know is disappointing at first to into positives, and um, you know kind of take it in full stride. So um, you know I was, I was fortunate to work down there with uh, Jersh, and he, he's awesome, great manager down there. So um, you know it's uh, obviously when when you go through something disappointing, um, you know you, you try and spin it in, in the positive way. Yeah, and then you get the opportunity up here pretty quickly, and it's been almost nothing but positive so far for you in terms of the results and, and, and what's been going on for you individually. How do you kind of sum up what you've been able to do so far this season? Yeah, uh, you know, I I just try and take it day by day and pitch by pitch, um, you know, and just try and win that pitch, and uh, that, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to play the game hard and uh, compete every single pitch and not take anything off and not take anything for granted, um, you know, with – like I said, with my story, it's uh, it's about just showing up and, and doing the work and working as hard as I can and playing as hard as I can, and that's fun to me. And um, you know, I'm going to continue to do that. Particular success here at home. What do you like about hitting at Guaranteed Rate Field? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just love it. Um, <laughs> I, I love the fans. Uh, I love the energy. You know, the Smashing Pumpkins gets to get played uh, four or five times a night, so um, that's always a positive too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've I've just always really enjoyed and uh, you know it, it's five hours from St. Louis so I get to see my family a lot when I'm up here and um, you know, it was very similar weather to uh, what I what I'm accustomed to and what I played in um, growing up so uh, you know I think that could uh, be a factor as well especially today it's hot yeah I just, uh, good old Midwest right it's <laughs> 40 degrees one day and 90 with 100% humidity the next you've, you've told you've told us a few times that you know every day you go to the park your wife tells you to, to provide some fireworks with a home run you know, you've hit a lot of them. You've done it a lot, but the days when you don't, do you get home and she's like, "Dude, come on, what, what the heck?" Yeah, you know, like last night I go three for four, right? And she's like, oh, "Well, there's no fireworks, so it's a failed day." <laughs> like, I don't think you realize uh, it's a good day, you know. And uh, she actually saw a, a video on Instagram reels of you know, like how quick we have to make a decision at the plate, um, you know, and and how hard hitting is at times, you know, and. Um, so she's like, okay, like three for four is not bad. You know, after watching that video, it gave her some perspective. But, you know, it's still, a, it's still a failed day if I don't make fireworks. But she's married to a big leaguer, and she's just now realizing, man, that, what they do is kind of hard. So maybe, the, maybe uh, some of the folks in the stands, uh, you know, need to see, need to see that, uh, that reel as well. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, if I do go 0 for 4, 0 for 5 with a couple of strikeouts, I, I'd be mad at myself too, you know. <laughs> it was a, uh, obviously a tough first month for you guys here and, and a much better May, but, you know, a, a long way to go for you guys as you keep saying what what was that kind of like in the clubhouse what, what was it like as you guys were experiencing kind of you know that that 10 game losing streak and and really just not being where you thought you'd be at this point yeah you know especially that 10 games uh, it felt like we got punched in the face and um all we could do is show up and compete the next day and uh, you know unfortunately you know we didn't get the results for those 10 days but um you know obviously I feel like we've responded really well in, in the month of may and um you know Pedro's been awesome and, you know, just kind of getting us, hey, like, 
let's get our work in every single day and um, the results will take care of itself we we have a great clubhouse and and we have a lot of a lot of talent in that clubhouse so you know it's just uh, taking it day by day and not not looking to the end of the season or looking to the all-star break you know it's it's hey we're gonna focus on today and um, you know if if it doesn't go our way hey we got tomorrow and um, we're gonna show up and, and compete and do everything we can to win that game I was going to ask you about Pedro, kind of what kind of mood, atmosphere has he cultivated in there, and maybe how does it compare differently to some of the managers you've had in the past? Yeah, he's, he's been awesome, you know, his, his communication, um, what he preached when, when he first uh, came on board here, you know, it's uh, it's been showing every single day with me, and, um, you know, I, I don't have a bad word to say about him, you know, I, like I said, in, uh, I think I said it in Kansas City, like I'd, I'd run through a wall for him, um, you know, he, he's the type of manager that I want to play as hard as I can every single day for for him and uh, for the team and, you know, can compete as, as best I can. All right. What are you most looking forward to uh, now that summer has arrived? About summer in Chicago, That's that's we're very proud of how nice summer is here. What are you most looking forward to about summer in Chicago? I just – I love summertime Chicago. It's, uh, you know, everybody everybody says that, right? But, um, you know, for me, it's, it, it's just like the vibe, everything. It's it just like a very, like, low-key, cool vibe. Um, and you know, I'm not I'm not a big lake person, so uh, I don't think I'll see myself out on a lake uh, during an off day or anything. But uh, you know, just just being able to go outside and walk around, and um, you know, that that for me has always been important for me is you know going on a 45 minute walk and um, you know off the lake. That, that's typically uh, the preferable spot for me. Not a big lake person. So the, no. now, are you more of a river person or an ocean person, or just no, not a big water guy in general? I'm not. I'm not a really big water guy in general. Um, we had a we had a pond in our backyard, and so I'll say I'm I'm a pond person when it freezes over and I can play hockey on it. But um, you know, swimming's just kind of like eh, to me. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. This is a challenge right now. You ready? I, I, you might make some enemies here. What is one thing that Chicago does better than St. Louis and one thing that St. Louis does better than Chicago? Oh, God. This is – it's tough. That's a tough uh, decision. I mean, I'm going to – with Chicago, I think that a hot dog here and and the brats and sausages, they do it right here. This, this might be – I'm going to make some enemies Uh-oh. here. But I know where this is going. St. Louis – I actually love St. Louis style pizza better than than Chicago style pizza. So Jake, I I went to Mizzou, so I'm I'm a Missouri college boy just like yourself. St. Louis pizza is terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Come on, man. To, to each their own, you know. I mean, I, I, you said I was going to make some enemies. You did. And, um, Me you apparently, know. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, you know what? The South Side does pizza probably better than anywhere else in the city. Maybe we'll have to bring something here over to you and, and you do a little taste test. See, I, I like beggar's pizza. Sure. You know, I, I think the, the deep dish, I, I, I enjoy it, but I, I don't prefer my pizza that way. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, I don't know, it's just it's too sloppy for me, I guess. Okay. All right. Like you said, to each their own. I think I think the next, you know, somebody hears this, they get mad. The next time you hit a home run, they'll probably forgive you, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All righty. Well, that'll just about do it with Jake Berger here on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Jake, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's going to be awkward next time you see Jake Berger in the clubhouse, huh? Be sharks and jets <laughs> over that uh, whole pizza situation. Absolutely. Has he not heard of tavern style? It's not. It's not all sauce. I, I looked at what St. Louis is. We'll, we'll talk about it. I don't think that's pizza. Um, you can make a friend though by letting him know about Comed, right? Oh yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, Jake. Jake Berger loves pizza, right? I mean, maybe he's picking the bad pizza, but we'll let you know how to pick the right energy, energy company, energy yeah. efficiency. Uh, do you know uh, test? And, do you know uh, why? assessment? They have the energy efficiency program, and they're committed to helping families and businesses businesses and communities that they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future, Vinny. Yeah, you know, Herb, you're right. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our very saucy pizza territory. <laughs> uh, ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like those for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. As a public sector customer, I would like to know how does that work, Vinny? 
Well, an author. Oh boy, hello. Ew. Well, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Now, here's here's more good news. Okay. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you happen to own a business, don't wait. And don't. here's the CTA otherwise known as the Chicago Transit Authority. <laughs> Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? It's true, I did. So schedule it today. It's right there on the screen, guys. It is. If you're watching. If you need to learn how to spell it, it's B-I-Z and also there for you. Good job, guys. Ta-da. Thank you, Sean. Um, we also, since we're friends, you watching, and we would like to ask you to hit that thumbs up button. Uh, we're at Ozzy Guillen. Um, we would like to, no offense to Ozzy, we'd be like to be a little higher. Craig Greenbeck. Um, so, uh, him as well. Um, anybody else? No, no, I'm saying the next one would be Craig Greenbeck. I know people go to I know people go to Carl Conerco. Or Belton Bill Mountain. Because then retired numbers, but whatever. Belton <laughs> Bill Mountain was 14 as well, mm-hmm. I believe. We love yeah. Bill Melton. Um, Dated by Regan. You know, I, I wouldn't. Uh, Bill Melton never seems stressed, and I think it's. Um, I don't think we could actually say that. There it is. Um, friends, use game time. Uh, don't be stressed out about buying tickets. Don't buy Taylor Swift tickets. Okay, I'll let you know that. Uh, whether what? you're hunting down the best price uh, or trying to find them last minute, or competing with buyers for a popular event like Taylor Swift, I mean, if you are going to go, use game time. You're going to get the best price. You're going to get the easiest and quickest. Uh, tickets downloaded to your phone. Uh, it is the simplest and easiest process. And two, if you do later find uh, tickets that are in your row or section that are for a less price, you get 110% of the guarantee, uh, game time guaranteed. So you really don't have to stress out. Um, again, uh, personally, I would not go to Taylor Swift, uh, not because I don't like her music. I just think it's a very uh, exorbitant amount. Um, I think it's crazy that, uh, you know, for a 62,000-seat uh, stadium, uh, the get-in price, as Kevin Kaduk says, is like 1800 uh, For game one of the uh, Nuggets final, it's uh, like 500 bucks, and I, I'm pretty sure the capacity difference is like 40000 um, which is pretty crazy. But what I would do... In, in favor of the 1800 If you want to go to that Taylor Swift concert and you want to go in by no, mat, no matter what... Use game time. Use game time, wait by the stadium, and wait until the prices drop. That's what I do when I want to get to a game that I want to go and pay less than I usually would pay. I just sit by the stadium. It's like, oh, all right, dropping down? Cool. And they tell you when the, the last call is, too. So you can just hit it and say, do I want to pay this much for it or do I not? It's a decision to be made by you. Well, and two, you get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive or if you're about to walk in. So Mm -hmm. if you are about to have last call, you know, make sure that it's not obscured. Is that the right one? Uh, Obstructed. Obstructed. Uh, obstructed view. So shout out to Game Time. Snag tickets without the stress of Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use code CHGO for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, uh, lowest price guaranteed. These two lovely bobbleheads, the TA and the Southpaw uh, bobbleheads, were down, uh, donated by Foco. Make sure you check them out at Foco F O C O dot com or click the link in the description below for all non presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for ten percent off. You get score. Uh, scroll forever on their bobblehead section, whether it's White Sox or really any sport. Um, or if you're a University of Arkansas baseball fan, you can get yourself right. a bobblehead. An Andrew Benatendi one. Drink. Big suey. Um, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. And it's spring and baseball season. They have Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. So again, check out foco.com. That's foco.com. Or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Okay. Um, it looks like uh, St. Louis pizza. It looks bad. You obviously I've eaten it. You, you, well, you told Jake Burger. I told Jake Burger. I've eaten. It's that's the bad. Thing. I, I wasn't going to be like one of those guys that's like, uh, you know, mine's the best. I'm not going to try yours. Ba 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 ba. Even though mine is the best, but mm-hmm. I've eaten that stuff in college, and I know a lot of people in college are like, oh, whatever's cheap. That's what I'll eat. No, you have to have some some pride. And this St. Louis pizza, they all go crazy for it down there. Ugh. It's clearly because they've never been here. Correct. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and he was mostly talking about deep dish pizza, which is also delicious. 
But right. as everybody knows, tavern style is the shit, and that's what we do here in Chicago. And I don't think Jake has ever had any tavern style because well, he was talking about it gets sloppy. I'm like, well, well, here's what I'll say though: St. Louis style pizza, they don't have a lot of sauce on there at all. Yeah, right. And so, even just a regular Ketchup. amount of what we would consider a regular amount of sauce is probably very saucy to someone from St. Louis. But again. Even on a tavern style, you haven't doing it wrong. My guy Brendan McCaffrey used to say, "If you haven't had St. Louis style pizza, go to your cupboard, get a cracker, mm-hmm. go and get some ketchup, yep, get some cheese whiz, yep, eat." That is accurate. Here's what I will angle for. I'm pretty sure with the way that you know now with teams facing all other 29 teams, pretty sure the White Sox will be in St. Louis at some point. Yeah, Next to get year. the budget, I would like to drive down to St. Louis. We'll have Jake Berger before a game, hopefully, if he's kind enough to share more time with us. Probably won't. Come out to a, a St. Louis joint of his uh, his choice, pizza joint of his choice. Emos. Emos. They only have the one. Yeah. Emos. They only have one? Emos. That's oh. the one everybody talks about. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll go to Emos. I-M-O. <laughs> Who cares? Elmos. Have we seen Elmos Fire? Is that down there? Is that that's, an that, that's an indie. Yeah. Who cares? The Again, cocktail uh, sauce. Who cares? Um, but we'll try his pizza. We'll be kind. And then we'll take him to Vito and Nick's. He'll try, you know, Southside Pizza, and then, you know, he doesn't have to talk about that. And he doesn't have to be enemies with <laughs> doesn't you. doesn't have to make you any more enemies. You wear a tavern-style pizza shirt, and I you should wear that, it yeah. next time on Sunday when you see Jake Berger. And, like, get in his face about it. Sup, bro? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, talking about that series with Tigers, we'll wrap up here. Um, likely that Mike Clevenger and Elvis Andrews return. I mean, nothing official about it, but it, the timelines would seem to match up for, for both those guys to be back this weekend, yeah. All right, Herb. But we'll see. You excited for June baseball for the White Sox? I mean, I'm excited for any type of baseball. Maybe not White Sox baseball. They are my favorite team. But, you know, the last five games that they've lost, they've struck out 50 times. You know, that's 10 per game, Sean. I'm the math guy now in this show. Oh, wow. Um, and part of that was going against Alex Fajardo, which you're not going to have to face. But the second guy they lost to was Jared Lorenzen. That guy will be pitching. Michael Lorenzo. Oh, Michael Lorenzo. Jared oh, Lorenzo the, was the, the Pillsbury throw boy. Rest in peace, throw boy, Pillsbury throw boy. Um, Michael Lorenzo. Yeah, he's dead. I don't know. Yeah, he's currently dead. Um, I, I, I he'll, be, he'll be pitching on Saturday versus um, Dylan C. So I'm looking forward to that Sky matchup point. because the last time he pitched here versus the White Sox was the Angel last year. He went nine, oh, like eight and a third and then gave it up in the ninth inning and the White Sox almost came back and lost six to five to the Angels. But he's been dealing with the White Sox. I don't know why. Because oh, he's right-handed. And throws sliders or sweepers. What did you say about Olsen? I'm sorry, you have a mouthful of food. <laughs> oh, it's Reese Olsen tomorrow. Olsen. Reese Olsen, didn't you say it's just my, the minor? You, someone I've said never oh, seen, Reese Olsen, minor leaguer. They're bad against him. I've never seen a more look on anyone's face <laughs> than Stephen, which Sean just points to him and goes, t- start talking. Talk. He's got a full mouth. Oh, my goodness. I said the White Sox play up and down in their competition, which means tomorrow they're going to get lit up. Guy making his major league debut tomorrow who has a six-plus ERA in the minors this year is going to be facing the White Sox tomorrow. Is he right-handed? He is right-handed. There you go. Um, am I crazy? Does Stephen say tomorrow yes. weird? He sounds like a more Eastern. Sean's been pointing out every. He's an ageist, and he makes fun of the way I talk. Wow, you're just yeah. old, Sean. This is not. You're not looking good. Yeah, here. bad look. And he hates Andrew Benatendi. Nice I mean, guy. if you listen, to, if you, <laughs> he is a nice guy. I, I never said I hate Andrew Benatendi. You say it multiple times a day. Just walking so around every day. Like, Aren't you a journalist? Aren't you just, supposed to be reporting the truth? Just lying every day, like your teeth, Vinny. Man, this Andrew Benatendi. Sorry, get, you crush him multiple times a day. There you go. I, that's fine. I'll, I, I, you know, I give walking him the old the macho man elbow drop. But walking on the West Loop, this is Andrew Benatendi ain't shit. <laughs> Like goddamn, Sean, you, why are you talking like me for? You drive up and down <laughs> Ashland sometimes. You'll see like new. You'll if you drive every day like I do, you'll see like new graffiti sometimes on some of the billboards. I saw one the other day that was like Benny sucks, and I think and it was signed Sean Anderson. I oh wow, yeah. I, I, you're I, just graffitiing it randomly, I'm blacking out places. and graffitiing. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's rude. It's never, rude is what it is. I've never you, done it before. I think said, it's tacky. Honestly, you, you said you used to sleepwalk, so you know. <laughs> Mercy. Sleep graffiti. Um, we're at Gordon Beckham Like, so again, if you are hanging out with us, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button and hitting that subscribe button. We would appreciate it. Um, you made the point, though, Vinny, uh, before the show that this Detroit series is one of the last times they see the AL Central. Uh, they will go to New York to play the uh, Yankees. They'll mm. come back and play Miami. Then mm. they'll go to L.A. to play the Dodgers. Oh. Then they'll play the Mariners in Seattle. Then at home, they'll take on Texas and Boston for three games each. Then four games at uh, Los Angeles Angels, and then they will play the A's, yay, for three games uh, starting on June 30th and extending into 
Oakland before we uh, mercifully will reach a, the All-Star break. That's tough sledding. Yeah, just after that, then uh, Toronto, St. Louis, then we reach the All-Star break. Those are all um, good teams after that Oakland team. Yeah, I, I really do think that this is going to be a below 500 month again for the White Sox in June. Well, and, and here's the thing. The conversations that, that you guys and, and all three of us have had the last few days since Rick talked about the direction that this team is going to take, if they keep playing the way they're playing and against that kind of competition, a month from now, we will be able to have far more definitive conversations about that direction. Absolutely. Um, anything else you want to add, Herbie? We will have that conversation in July 1st. You think July? Oh, right. When, when they're playing well, the Oakland A's and losing one of those games, I'm like, oh, you, here we go. You started groaning after I mentioned they go to L.A. to take on Did the you, Dodgers yeah. and, hold on, and take on the Mariners at yes. Seattle. When Rick Hahn meets the media on Monday, June 19th, will we be seeing more of a definitive, just to have a marker to look no. forward to, will we see hear more of a definitive statement on June 19th? I wouldn't expect a definitive <laughs> statement at that point, but... Again, it's all based on the results at this point. So if they get, like, swept in three of those series, then then it'll get pretty definitive pretty fast. But um, I would imagine it probably takes a little longer than that. Yeah. Next time after that would be July 4th when right. uh, they welcome in Toronto. Maybe maybe there's more clarity there. So we'll see. Make sure you're following along. Hit that subscribe button to not only watch uh, more CHGO White Sox podcasts because we have post game on Sunday uh, and all throughout the week next week uh, covering your Chicago White Sox. Uh, happy Pride Month, by the way, as well. I'm wearing the hat. Uh, totally forgot to bring it up before. It's on my head, but I'm just, you know, I'm not looking up there. It's kind of, I only see the brim. I don't see the, the actual hat, but uh, shout out to everybody uh, that is celebrating. Um, and uh, it's great that Liam Hendricks is back. And, uh, you know, I know he's been such an advocate. So uh, hopefully we get to hear uh, more about the uh, great organizations that the White Sox want to partner up, partner up or partner with uh, this month. Uh, but thank you everybody for watching. Make sure you're subscribing, hitting that like button. Uh, thank you to Steve Nicholas for producing the show. That's Vinny Duber. Uh, we will upload that Jake Berger podcast solo as well uh fantastic job by Vinny, and again shout out to casey for filming it and uh to jake and the white Sox for helping uh give their time uh you can follow Vinny on twitter at Vinny duber and he will be with us on sunday that's herb lawrence you can follow him on twitter at ecknerwall23 is our chgo white Sox community leader and i'm sean anderson you can follow me on twitter at sean underscore w underscore anderson we'll talk to you on sunday go Sox.